It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's podcast, we share insight on building culture from our clinics and interviews with seven coaches. I want to start by sharing a definition from Brian Kite, who's appeared on this podcast often. Culture is the belief and behaviors that create the outcome. It's the experiences that can be felt by everyone involved in your organization. With that in mind, we focus on what these coaches share specifically in that regard. Culture is a buzzword used not only in sports, but in any place you have a team of people working together today. It seems that there are many intangible aspects of it, but as you will hear, the culture you create can be seen in the actions of the people in your organization both on and off the field. There's no single way to do it, but the outcome definitely can be seen and evaluated for its effectiveness and success, and that goes beyond the wins and championships. We start with one of the best to ever do it, the head coach of Alabama, Nick Saban. It's process, and he shares the keys to it in this Q&A I did with him for the Louisiana Football Coaches Association Clinic. The biggest thing that we do is, you know, we're a process-oriented organization. Uh, People look at me sometimes when I say, you know, outcomes are a distraction. We want to focus on what we need to do to get the outcome. Like if you walk around our building um, at Alabama, you'll see no signs that say win the SEC championship. You'll see no signs that say win the national championship. Uh, There is one sign that says be a champion. And then there's a pyramid of what it takes to be a champion. Uh, You got to be a team player. Uh, Together, everybody accomplishes more. Uh, People have to respect and trust in the principles and values of the organization, and they got to respect and trust in each other, and they got to be accountable to each other. I mean, there's a responsibility and obligation that every individual has on the team, not to me, but to themselves and to each other. And if they're going to be trusted by their teammates, um, they have to do their job and they have to do it well. Second part of that is you got to be positive. You know, to me, body language is, is... you know, negative body language kind of brings everybody down. Positive body language being having energy, enthusiasm, um, you know, being positive in your work uh, helps you create more value for yourself, helps you improve, but it also affects the people around you in a very positive way. So I, I don't, we don't like negative people. We don't like people who judge, uh, who 
judge what we do, like why we practice in the day, why are we doing fourth quarter program? I, I don't want to hear that. Uh, you, th that's a principle and value of the organization that you choose to buy into. And when you buy into it, you need to go about it in a positive way, which is going to help you get better. And it's going to help us get better. And the third thing is, is everybody's got to be responsible for their own self-determination. That's all about accountability. You know, if you're going to be a professional someday, you got to be responsible. Somebody's going to define an expectation. Somebody's going to define a standard and you got to be accountable to it. And if you're not, they're going to fire you and get somebody else. So it's no different on our team. So everybody needs to learn how to do that. And we define that. I mean, we define the expectation for our players personally, academically, and athletically. And we define the expectation of what we expect them to do and the standard we expect them to do it to. And that helps them be successful. So, and the last thing is you got to have work ethic. You got to have character. You got to have discipline. You got to have self-discipline to make choices and decisions that are going to benefit you and help you um, make the kind of choices and decisions that are going to create value for you in your future. You got to have perseverance. You cannot be a great competitor if you don't have perseverance and you can't overcome adversity. So pride in performance, being the best player you can possibly be, reaching your full potential. I mean, these are all things that give players great self-gratification. So that's what it takes from a culture standpoint to be a champion. And that's what we try to promote with our players. You know, we don't even talk about winning the game. We talk about dominating the competition. Again, it's one play at a time for 60 minutes in the game. There's no scoreboard. There's no external factors that are going to, you know, determine how I play and how I compete and how I perform. And I tell players all the time, when I was in the NFL, they used to make me a cut up of you. And I watched how you play. I didn't know the score of the game. So are you playing different when we're 14 points behind and playing different when we're 14 points ahead? So there is no scoreboard. You should try to be the best player you can be and dominate your box every play that you play. Cause that's what I'm going to look at. That's what you're going to get evaluated on. No, and nobody, I, I didn't even know who you're playing against. So does that mean if we're playing a good team, I play really good, but when we're playing a bad team, I don't play very good. So your standard should not be determined by some external factor, which includes who's the competition, because it's all about you being the best version of yourself, being the best competitor, playing your best all the time. And you have to train yourself to be able to do that. You know, you got to be in great condition or you're not going to be able to sustain your effort not going to be able to sustain your toughness uh, and not going to be able to, to, to mentally stay focused on what you need to do because when you get tired, you're going to lose focus and make mental errors. So all these things create value, but these things are all talking about what you control, what you can do to help your team be successful. You know, everybody says there's no I in team, but there is an I in win. And that's the individuals that make the team what it is. So you got to define the expectation for what you expect the players to do. And then you surround them with the best, best people to help them do that. And then doing that, you're creating a culture of accountability, which helps them be the best version of themselves. Look, everybody's got to have a vision for what they want to do. Everybody's got to know what they have to do to do it, but they have to have the discipline to execute it every day. And this is where people struggle. They struggle the most at this part of it. And I'm not talking about the sign on the wall that says disciplines do what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, the way it's supposed to get done do the right thing the right way, the right time all the time. Those are great definitions of discipline and leave every one of those signs up. I'm talking about self-discipline. 
comes down to two questions. We make hundreds of decisions every day that come down to two questions. Here's something I know I'm supposed to do that I really don't want to do. Can you make yourself do it? Over here, there's something you know you're not supposed to do, but you want to do it. Can you keep yourself from it? If you can make those choices and decisions the right way, you're always going to stay on the path of being able to do the things you need to do to accomplish the goals that you have. It's how you have to edit your behavior to accomplish the goals that you have. You can't just do what you feel like doing. You got to choose to do the things you need to do to accomplish the goals that you have. So in a nutshell, that's kind of how we try to do it. Hall of Fame coach and retired Kansas head coach Bill Snyder built a strong culture for the Wildcats, but it was one in which he had to change the experience completely for his players. He shares what it was like at the beginning and how they changed it. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's interesting. I, I can only relate back to when I first came to Kansas State University from the University of Iowa. And it takes me back to the very first meeting that I had with the players in the program. We had, that was when you could have 95 on scholarship and we had 47 players that were on scholarship at the time. That was it. And I remember the first meeting with, uh, with them and I, I just wanted to introduce myself and tell them about me and that I wanted to hear about them. I, as I shared with them, I didn't really want to talk about football, uh, but just wanted to get to know them. And I was really taken back. You know, it's just, it's almost as though it was yesterday. Uh, and I remember young people getting up to speak and the things that they said, you know, the very first young man that got up, I remember, you know, said, coach, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, early December and there's snow on the ground and uh, it's cold out and you look around and we all have jackets on, but nobody has a letter jacket on. And he said, we're all too embarrassed to wear them. There wasn't a player in that room that had ever participated in a football game that they had won at that university. And another young guy got up and said, uh, you know, coach, he said, uh, uh, we don't go to classes on Monday. And another young guy got up and said, coach, most of us don't go on Tuesday either, you know, after, after ball games. And they talked about the social life and uh, there's an area in Manhattan called Aggieville, which uh, right next to the university in an entertainment uh, area and uh, students, you know, flock down there uh, during the course of the year and particularly uh, on weekends. And our players said, uh, you know, coach, you don't know about that area, but uh, everyone goes there. He said, players don't. We don't go because we're too embarrassed. And, and that uh, that was the culture at that time, which was mm-hmm. the question. And I uh, had to leave town right after that meeting, but uh, everything that was said was just so vivid in my mind. And I called back and I had them do some research on the GPAs of the players in the program from the time they entered the university until that moment. And every single individual GPA had deteriorated during that period of time, every single one of them. And what, what I realized at the time was that environment had uh, dramatically impacted, you know, the, the personal lives, the social lives, the family lives, the academic lives of all those young men. So the culture 
in a very negative way had dramatically impacted their lives. And, and I shared with the player, just to indicate the kind of culture we created or tried to, I shared with our players after a short period of time <clears throat> that I was there and got to be uh, around them. I, I took them out, I'll tell you how I did it. I took them out on the football field in the stadium one day and had the scoreboard turned on. And I got them all together and I pointed to the scoreboard and I said, uh, I am not going to assess you based on what it says on that scoreboard. Said, but I will assess you based on your capacity to be committed to improvement every single day that we're together. Improvement in all areas of your life. Improvement in all priorities of your life. You know, your faith, your family, and being the best person, being the best student, and being the best football athlete you can be. And uh, that was that was the, the essence of what we tried to establish. And, and it was, as much as anything, it was one of those values, which is daily improvement, finding a way to get a little bit better every single day of our lives. And, and it was just, it was a matter of just becoming a little bit better. You know, it wasn't reaching uh, the upper echelon of things that are important to us. It was just gradually taking the steps to get there, which was learning how to achieve goals. And, uh, and that, that in itself was uh, a mark of daily improvement. And I used to, you know, part of the process again, uh, I would have our, our coaches, when they would have meetings with their players, identify, you know, those things that a player wanted to improve upon. Number one, what do you want to improve upon? Number two, how are you going to go about doing it? We would have, we would have team meetings before we ever got uh, started with football. And shortly after I arrived there and you were allowed to have more meeting time than you have now. But I would have team meeting every day before they broke up. And I would always start with picking out individuals, asking what's important to you? What are your priorities? What do you desire to achieve? And they would go around and you know, I would ask and they'd tell me what was important, but when they would tell me what's important in their life, then I would say, how can you become better at that priority in your life today? You know, and we did it every single day and they, you know, at first they were hesitant mm -hmm. and really thought that, hey, you know, this guy's crazy and uh, he's not talking about football and this will go away in a short period of time, but I'm pretty persistent and, and it didn't. And pretty soon they got invested in it. And so every day we'd have those sessions and a young man would tell me something that he was uh, highly, uh, that was extremely important in his life and uh, either at that point in time or in the future and what he could do in order to improve in that area. And it's, and it's kind of like with, uh, with football. You know, just the the nature of uh, uh, technical football. I would uh, have our coaches have each player in their meetings each day before a practice session define what that individual 
what each individual wanted to improve upon. And after practices, uh, we had, uh, this is back many sets of facilities ago, but uh, we had uh, two doors to the locker room. And I would have the assistant coaches stand at one door and I would stand at the other door and have all the players come out the door I was standing at. <laughs> and I would stop each one and I would ask the question, you know, what were you to improve upon today? What was it that you decided you wanted to get better at today? And did you? And if you did, how did you do it? And if you didn't, what are we going to do about making sure that you do? And, and that happened every single day. And so, you know, it ingrained that culture of daily improvement. And uh, it, the interesting thing is you look at, they, they only won one game the first year, but it was one more than they'd won in their careers there. And mm -hmm. the next year they won four, then they won five, then they won seven, then they won nine, then they won 10, then they won 11, then they won 11, then they won 11, then they won 11, et cetera. And so it, was, it, it wasn't something that just uh, oh, rose out of the sand like Las Vegas. It was just gradual improvement. And it was a great example. We were so fortunate. It was a great example of what just a little bit of improvement each and every day can lead to over a period of time and kind of sold uh, the message. So that was our culture. Sean Lewis, now the offensive coordinator for Coach Prime at Colorado, created a culture at Kent State University, which he called Flash Fast Culture. It was built behind a mindset which he referred to as Be the Alpha. In this segment from the Southern California Football Coaches Association Clinic, Coach Lewis defines culture talks about how behavior becomes habits that build culture, and finally touches on the be the alpha mindset. The meat and potatoes of all this, I want to make sure that I don't assume anything and that we're all kind of talking the same language. Um, I'm a journalism major, so words mean things to me. And, and I think a lot of things that we're going to talk about, and maybe even the title of this, right, culture, gets thrown out a, bu a bunch in our industry right now. And I wanna make sure that we kind of define some things so that again, we're, we're talking the same language and, and that we all know where we're going with this and what I mean by what I'm saying. So first and foremost, when we say culture, okay, to, to me and our FlashFast family, this is what drives the habits of our family members when no one's around. So as leaders, as the coaching staff, we need to implement this culture. We need to create this culture. And then it's truly what our kids look like, what they feel like, and what they act like day in and day out when we as coaches are not around them, okay? We got to know and understand that the work ethic that is required to achieve anything of greatness, anything of value, okay, it's going to require a ton of work. To have an elite championship level culture, to build a culture where you win the first bowl game in, in the history of a program, you know, that, that takes a ton of work and it takes a ton of alignment and you need people around you that you can trust and that are going to work with you day in and day out. And then when you've created it, then you need to have energy. You need to have the work ethic to sustain it. And then when you are sustaining it, you need to be able to protect it day in and day out. This is very dynamic and everything that everyone does within your program 
to create this culture, to sustain this culture, to protect this culture. They need to know that the work that is required is extremely high, and that's the standard for everyone that is involved, okay? And then when we talk about leadership, all right, leadership occurs at each and every single level within your program, within your organization, within your within your family. All right, our Flash Fest family, as we call it, that we we empower everyone as soon as they become a part of our family. Whether it's a, a brand new freshman that that should be you know most concerned about who they're dating, who they're going to bring to prom this weekend, but they were an early enrollee to a graphic intern to a student manager in the equipment room to new head trainer, new position coach, new coordinator, whoever it is, they're a leader. They're leading themselves and there's going to be people that are looking to them to see if they are living and breathing the culture that we are talking about day in and day out. So at every single level, we all need to know and understand that each of us is a leader. All right, within this culture, and that we have to cultivate it. As a head coach, if you're a head coach listening to this talk, you know you set the tone for everyone. Uh, you, you can't say one thing, do another, and to where your your actions and your words do not align. Obviously, okay. For the coordinators, all right, you have to coordinate and you have to lead and set the tone for your units. For the position coaches, all right, you need to set the tone for your groups. Obviously, the captains, the players, they set the tone for everyone in the locker room. The juniors and the seniors, they need to set the tone for the sophomores and the freshmen. And then obviously at the high school level, if you're the freshman or you're the sophomore and you just left, left the feeder program, you know, seventh, eighth grade middle schoolers, they're going to be the leaders in the community for those kids that are ultimately going to be coming into your culture that you're creating. Okay. Uh, also, in terms of not wanting to assume anything here, all right, it, it's, it's important, the things that we're going to talk about tonight, these aren't all original ideas. I've been fortunate to be around some great people. Really, the, the rubber hits the road, all right, is day in and day out with our daily habits, okay? So this quote really kind of resonates it for us, and we review this at the start of every single phase, all right, of what we do, whether it's winter conditioning, spring ball, summer conditioning, which is right around the corner here for us, training camp, the season, bowl prep, et cetera, all right? The importance of daily habits, because at the end of the day, guys, champions do not become champions on the field. They become recognized on the field. They become champions because of their daily routine and the commitment to excellence. Players and coaches do not decide their future. Players and coaches decide their habits, and those habits decide their future. We can control our habits. We can't control our outcomes. So instead of dwelling on being a champion, we need to have laser focus on the things that we need to do each day moment to moment to control our habits that will ultimately decide our future. And if the future outcome isn't what we thought it was gonna be, and simply put guys, our habits and where we're at aren't good enough to earn the outcome that we're chasing, okay? So that is crucial for our culture. That is a crucial understanding, especially with the generation of kids that we are coaching to where at any moment, if they want something, they can grab this phone and they, and they can get Chipotle right now. And it doesn't matter. It's instant gratification. They, what they want, when they want it, how they want it instantly. We all know life and ball doesn't work that way. So by talking about this a bunch daily and showing them that they have the power to choose right, these dis disciplined daily habits, great things are going to come for them. We say, hey, that's a be the alpha mindset. All right, that, that an alpha in our program is an individual 
who consistently improves his or her best on a daily basis and performs when the family needs them most. Okay, so day in and day out, you are working to make marginal gains because you understand the importance that every single day is an opportunity to get better. Every single day is an opportunity to practice with discipline those daily habits. So when the opportunity comes, you're trained for that moment. That opportunity is not an open invitation. The job interview is going to come. The, the, the speech is going to come. The semifinal state championship, MAC championship game is going to come, and you're either trained or you're untrained for the moment. If you have a be the alpha mindset that every single day you're going to be the one to get the job done, that you're going to be the one that we can count on and improve your best on a daily basis and perform when we need you most, then you're someone that we can truly call an alpha and someone that has wholeheartedly embraced our culture here in Northeast Ohio with our Flash Pass family. Buffalo State head coach Lazarus Morgan was the defensive coordinator for some very successful small college programs and is now tasked with resetting a culture at Buffalo State. He explains his approach to building a new culture in a program. You know, my big thing is I like to reset the culture everywhere I go and get the culture exactly where I want it as a standard for our program. In the past, it's been the standard for our defense. Now as a head coach, it'll be the standard for our program. But that's my biggest thing is, is kind of being who I am, letting my true characteristics come out, and, and players tend to gravitate to me, and then letting that spread throughout our program, a lot of positive energy, and then let's reset the culture. And, and then once we get the culture where it is, the wins will follow. Looking at the culture that you're going to set here, what are the pillars that will be the foundation of the Buffalo State Bengals football program? We're looking for young men who are going to be accountable. The best teams that I've been on, the championship-level teams, you know, on, on the really good teams, the coaches hold the players accountable. On the championship-level teams, uh, players hold each other accountable. And that's what we're going to aspire to be. We need to establish a we-over-me culture, right? We need to have guys lose themselves in the football team. You know, if, it, if it's just about playing time and it's just and if that's the only positive experience that players are going to have we're only going to have 22 families that are really happy with us right 11 starters on offense 11 starters on defense so we need to do something to create a culture where everybody is invested in the program and they want to be a bangle everybody wants to be a part of it there's no eyes in it right it's all about we and what we can do for each other once we have that established i think we can do some really special things with that program Ralph Isernia, head coach at RPI, notes in this segment that culture shows up on game film. It's about turning belief into team chemistry, and he does that with what he calls the MVP process. He shares his insight in this segment of our interview. I think, you know, as a young coach and, and going through the profession and, and you're recruiting and you're watching film on, on some of these guys and saying, hey, we need to get that kid there and you know, he can throw the ball 70 yards and that guy runs a 4-4-40 and we need to get him and that guy's, you know, 300 pounds and, you know, he can be a great offensive lineman for us. You know, I think as a young coach, you're you're so consumed uh, by the biology, right? You're a big believer in biology and, and you know, when, you know, I think the, the maturation process is is turning that belief into to more chemistry. Um, so, you know, we're, we're a huge believer in, in the chemistry uh, of the team. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that, um, 
you know, get asked about, uh, you know, hey, how did how were you able to turn it around? How were you able to to build that program? How do you have those guys that, you know, that, um, you know, are are playing hard for you every single down? You know, one of the greatest compliments, I think, that I've ever heard is from a, a rival coach, you know, in, in pregame, you know, you have that pregame talk at the 50 yard line. And, you know, usually not a whole lot is being said, you know, it's a lot of small talk and all that stuff. And you say, coach, you know, I really enjoy watching your team on film, really enjoy watching them play they play hard for each other and you know um you know i wish i could have said the same thing about his team uh, but um you know really appreciate the compliment i think that that speaks volumes about the, the guys that we have on our team and you know building building your brand and what you stand for and what you're all about it's it's i, I think as a coach you need to figure out that uh you know unfortunately you do get judged by the by the wins the winning percentage the wins and losses but you can't focus on the win. You got to focus on the process of how to get to the win. And, uh, you know, some of the things that some of the coaches ask me is, is, uh, you know, Hey, what's that brand? What is that process that you have gone through? Uh, just like you're asking here, it's, it's, you know, what do you believe in? What do you stand for? And, and what are you all about? And I think those are things that if you are a program of character, if you're a program of substance, it's not just the wins and losses, because if we're just judged by wins and losses, you know, the greatest, greatest coach uh, of, of the modern era uh, in Division One football, Nick Saban, you know, he won the national championship seven times in, in close to about 40 years. And that's a less than 15 percent win percentage, which is probably one of the, one of the best in, 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 uh, in the history of football. But there's only one team that wins the national championship in, in every level. And if you're going to gauge uh, your success uh, by winning a national championship, you're going to be disappointed a whole lot. Um, so you need to, to figure out what kind of program that you want to be and, you know, what your goal setting process is in order to, to become successful in order to, to be that, that program of substance and, you know, having guys play hard for you and, and playing hard for each other and seeing that on the field, most of the time that will result in, in wins for you. So that's part of the process. That's the thing that, that we look at the most here. And I know, as you told me before we got going, your process, you call it the MVP process, which I, as you explained it to me, I think is it's very simple. It's clear and concise to think about, but certainly a lot goes into it. Could you explain for our listeners the MVP process? Absolutely. That's so the, the MVP process, it, it frames our, our, our culture, frames uh, our mission statement. So it's your, it's your mission, it's your vision, it's your principles. And your mission, that's, that's who, who we are. And uh, that's our mission statement. And then the vision is, is how we get there. Uh, how do we get to uh, a champion uh, championship uh, program? How do we build champions on and off the field? Uh, how do we develop leaders uh, so that not only are they leaders on our football team, but they're going to be leaders out in the workforce when they graduate? Uh, so how do we get there? And then your principles, you know, what are you about? What are the pillars of your program? What are your non-negotiables that you have to have? What do you guys need to see from your team? You know, we are built on excellence, uh, excellence uh, through the grind and a character compete together and trust. Those are our, our principles that we that we not only talk about, but we live it every day. And that's part of our culture. And what we say is that if you're not talking culture every day, then you don't have one. And it's, it's important for us, especially in these times where we don't have a chance to 
see our team and to give them a post-practice speech or give them uh, a talk uh, during our, our position meetings that you're seeing them in person. It's important for us to do that uh, through the Zoom meetings and, and through text messages and, and, uh, and emails and, and whatever platform we can use in order to, to keep talking that culture because that's important because once you stop doing that, then, then that makes it seem like it's not important anymore. I had the opportunity to sit down with Carlos Lynn at the Texas High School Coaches Association Coaching School this past July. He took over the program at Cedar Hill after current Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire moved on to the college level. For Coach Lynn, the small details are the behaviors his players need to develop, and he calls them the vital things. They are everything for him in creating a full-service program. Background is is a is a lot like the background of some of these kids, so I definitely understand some of the discipline and some of the the, the, the structure. That, that they need to have in order to really, you know, survive in our, in our world. And that's, and that's the bottom line. That's the ultimate goal is to make sure that we are shaping and we're guiding our young men to be champions in life. And, you know, and we say in all areas of life. So whatever, whatever it is that they're doing uh, or, or want to do or going to do or going to become, then we want through the game of football to help them to be the best version of themselves through that. So we develop the whole person. We, we want to make sure that they're not just good, you know, X's and O's. They got to be good. They got to be good guys. They got to be good kids. They got to take, they got to, take care of not just their teammates they got to take care of the uh of mr roy who's our custodian in in the building you know they don't i don't want them just to say yes sir to me they say yes sir to him because he's he's serving them and uh and he's making life special and comfortable for him. he's a part of our team um and and sometimes those are stretches for teenagers to kind of grasp that 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 concept, when you go down to the cafeteria and you get you get your tray for lunch, that lunch lady is, is yes, ma'am. It's thank you, thank you for you know for taking care of us today. Those those are just some of the little things that I think that we 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 call them the vital things. You know, people may say the details or the small things, but for a teenager. They treat they treat those things like small things, you know. That that that's nothing. So we call them vital things. You know, if you lose a heart, you lose a lung, you can die. So we don't want those vital things to to, to you know to stack up and add up to be something that we can't handle. We want to take care of them at the at the root level, so that you know when it when it's time to operate, it's just like you know, uh, in a, in a, in a, when we're doing routes on air. You know, we want to bring the ball back high and tight. We don't want it to be loose. We, we're practicing ball security all, all the time. But, you know, kids want to throw the ball back, roll. You know, those are vital things. You know, we've, we've lost football games because we didn't take care of the vital things. So those vital things not only are stressed in inside the game but, but outside of the game. And I really think that's kind of where we, where we ratchet up a little bit because uh, our young men need to need to have that we you know have a have a society that's microwave that's likes to a lot of coddling and a lot you know we 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 deal with with tough love and getting them doing the right thing so when it's called on in a ball game you know it's kind of innate in in everything that we do we finished with a clip from Jason Negro head coach of John Bosco in California they're a perennial contender for a national championship. 
And he talks about how they create a competitive culture and something that can be applied in any program. I think one of the things that we do best on, on, you know, in our program is we're constantly trying to compete. We're constantly trying to encourage our kids to be as competitive as possible. And I think that leads, you know, right into the reason why we schedule how we schedule and the reason why we, you know, you know, play the teams that we play, you know, in, in, in the summer and things like that in terms of kind of our passing league schedule and what we're trying to accomplish there in the summer is we're going to constantly try to push our kids to be competitive. And we want to do that at every single position across the board. And when you do that, I think you're just going to naturally just kind of build tougher, you know, more rigid type, you know, mindsets by these kids. And if you're able to do that at every single position, you know, by the time that you step on the field, you know, you're just going to competitively have a kind of an advantage over everybody that you're playing just because you're mentally ready to go. And the culture that we have built at Bosco is, you know, we tell our kids all the time that we want to be great, you know, and not to be afraid to be great. We want to be elite. We want to be a national brand. We want to do all these things. Well, if you're going to, you know, you can't just want to do them. You got to go out there and put yourself out there and, and have the opportunity to go do that. And that's something that we're going to continue to do. And I think our kids know that. And so when the kids graduate on, they're going to hold the ones behind them accountable and, and responsible to kind of continue that legacy on. And that's something that, you know, has kind of built over the 10 years that I've been here where we're kind of building this entire, you know, class system of kids that kind of have all the same mindset and they want to be as, as elite as they possibly can be. And that's one of the reasons why my kids choose to go to all these great colleges and they don't just kind of settle on being in the West Coast. So it, it's a mindset. It, it's a culture. And it, it, it's consistency that we have been able to approach. And it's, I think, starts at the top. And every single you know, staff member in my program, whether you're a coach or whether you're just part of the staff or the training or the academics or whatever is going on on our campus, everybody has that same mindset. And that's the reason why we're able to accomplish it. I appreciate all the insight that all of our guests share in our interviews and clinics. There's definitely takeaways from what they do that can be implemented in any team, unit, or position group. And hopefully you leave with at least one idea that can help you this upcoming season. Enjoy the process. Be sure to check out all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com. We have plenty of new interviews and clinics headed your way in the new year. Subscribe to our newsletter at coachandcoordinator.com for weekly recaps and updates. 